You are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. Hello, everybody. My name is William Kyle Glenn. I go by Kyle, and I'm sitting on here with my co-host, Tony Macasset. Hello, everybody. And then our guest this week is Ali Schaefer. Um, she uh, is there. Hey, good to have you on, Ali. <laughs> um, I met Ali... I don't know, four years ago or something. And then we've just been kind of like acquainted online friends, you know, and um, she actually, you reached out to me, didn't you? You reached out to me about this new uh, initiative that you're doing. Um, The website is villagesandsanctuary.com and she's doing a lot of exciting stuff. I actually, I think I went to a couple of your workshops while I was in Sage Valley, but she's involved in creating community and holding space for community. And, um, I think she's raising money for a community now and I looking at her website, she's doing a lot of really exciting things. So we want to, you know, encourage that and give her a voice here. So do you want to introduce yourself, Allie? Sure. My name is Allie Schaefer and yeah, I am uh, the founder along with my husband of Villages and Sanctuary. Uh, we are a really a multifaceted uh space of raising the collective, we went ahead and uh, became a church uh, legally, uh, a free state church though. So a 508C3. Um, And we are an interfaith church to help evolve spiritual consciousness, um, help that within the collective. Uh, We've got a holistic retreat center space that's going to be in the community along with a holistic school so we can help raise children up in this uh way of community and uh we are all mostly homeschoolers so it's kind of a cooperative school if you will um along with just having community events and really just helping to usher along the collective in this evolution and this space that we're going to awesome so you currently have a space, so you have a space where you're doing this all right now, or is that the mission or you're looking to like, kind of get like a broader consolidated space or what, what's the situation? Yeah. Yeah. So we do have locations for all of those things now. Uh, okay. The goal, however, is to raise this money for community land so that we could all build structures on it, the, on the 28 acres. And then we would all uh, steward the businesses and the land together, uh, running the cooperative, the holistic retreat center, and all of those things. I am a shamanic priestess and a naturopathic doctor by trade. Um, And so it kind of marries, and I'm also a mother of five that homeschools. So it kind of marries all of the facets uh, of the holes that I've seen in the community here in Indiana. And it kind of just is going to be the hub and just a catalyst to help shift this collective movement. What's your intention? Like, why are you doing this? What's the intention behind the community? You know, I, great question. And, um, you know, there's so many different facets to it that it's kind of hard to narrow down just one single intention. Uh, But if it was overall, it would be just to help transform the culture of education, healing, growth, and community in the Midwest. Uh, you know, there are lots of places all over the world that have retreat centers, you know, California, uh, the East Coast, Bali, Peru, Costa Rica, but there's nothing like that right here in the Midwest, in Indiana specifically. And we are the crossroads of America here in Indianapolis. Uh, the space that we have found is only 36 minutes from downtown Indianapolis. And the idea that we could carry this message out to every major city uh, and really kind of be the anchor for this web of consciousness that's over the entire you know, nation, uh, the entire world, really, uh, is just really exciting. So that's really the intention is to be a formidable notch in the web of consciousness here in the Midwest. Nice. Now, do you plan on, um, is it going to be like an off grid type of thing? 
or yeah, right. there will be opportunity for off grid with within the houses, uh, the holistic community center and the school will be quote unquote on the grid as far as like lights, power, that kind of thing. However, we have looked into fun alternatives for, you know, plumbing and things like that to be off grid, rainwater collection, all of those kinds of things. But back in the area where we'll be building, there's plenty of opportunity for off grid. If people who move in choose, Uh, we will be, you know, of course, quote, quote unquote, vetting people that move in to be sure they're in a, with an alignment and things like that. The, the, uh, people lose how much on the grid they are off or aren't. We do have encouraging words about, you know, full, powerful internet, all that kind of stuff back with when, where we're living, but the offices and things like that will all be on grid. What what would you be looking for in a potential resident or member of the community? That's a great question. So we do have a um, kind of like our creeds, the things we we agree to and believe in as co-members of a community. Uh, so that those are things like the four agreements, um, yeah. things we like should... a, the non-aggressive principle, non-violent communication. Those kind of are our main pillars, if you will. And then there's also things like, you know, need to be not an <laughs> I don't know how much you're allowed to talk on the, how much you're allowed to cuss on this radio show, but yeah, we might um, have to cut that out, but it's all good. <laughs> I apologize. Okay. So, um, they could lose uh, their license, you know, being able to be someone who is showing up and helping work. And that's going to be hard, you know, on paper, people will always be like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do it. Um, but trial processes and things like that within my research of community living and what makes or breaks a community, you know, making sure that the common denominator of like mindedness is in alignment is kind of important. If you want it to be successful long-term, it's important that we are all kind of within the same mind frame, whether we deviate, you know, on specific issues here and there might be one thing, but being not only tolerant, but welcoming of all people that are within marginalized communities, uh, LGBTQ, uh, you know, all of those kinds of things are really important. And also, you know, it's hard because when you are freedom specter, there's a lot of um, hardcore conservative Republican Christians um, who don't always agree with being loving to all people and vice versa on the other side, you know, there's a lot of people when you are six side of things, um, as far as like the pagan world, if you will. Um, and so it's just kind of a spot to marry all of these different concepts that it's okay to, have differing beliefs, but in the main frame, our core beliefs around community, um, how we communicate with each other, uh, and the four agreements, things like that are, are paramount. Let's go through what are the four agreements, by the way? Um, it's don't make any assumptions. That's yeah, what I'm don't make assumptions. Don't take anything personally. That's a tough one. Always yeah. do your best. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Not a good look, right? That I forgot the fourth one. Okay. Um, oh gosh. Oh, oh, uh, truth. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. To the best. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've read most of his books. I, I really like all of his stuff. That's like Don Miguel Ruiz, right? You got it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I like. So when it comes to bu- like building community, in these projects, I noticed having been a part of many that they, usually they fall apart. You have these awesome ideas and then it doesn't work. And I, my theory is why that happens is because you, we have to deal with conflict as human beings. Like there's conflict that comes up and most people don't have the skills or haven't learned the like appropriate ways, healthy ways to work through that. 
That's why I like that you brought up nonviolent communication because I haven't made it all the way through that book, but um, I'm maybe like a quarter of the way through. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to like, because no matter what you're doing and who you're working with, you're going to have to deal with conflict. I mean, it's going to be there. It's going to happen. Can you describe ways that you've designed, like that you plan on working through that in your community? Yeah, right on. Yeah. So um, a big part of what we're doing, not to get too off topic, but it'll wrap back around here, is um, we're part of the land back movement, which is to help put land back in the hands of indigenous and melanated communities. Um, And so within that, you know, I am Lakota myself, but my Ashinaabe elder uh, taught me um, the, like the traditional talking stick circles, um, mentorship from that standpoint. And it's, it's been really eye-opening to me to be able to see how, when we are able to lead without our egos and uh, just put down our walls and have vulnerable conversations from a place of love, how we're able to really come to agreements much more easily than when we assume we know best, say we, you know, feel like we're always right. And we're, if we're able to take feedback um, without taking it personally, then we are able to really raise the bar on communication as a, as a whole. And, come to positive resolution in most cases. Um, There's definitely tips and tricks that the author of nonviolent communication has that we intend to implement in, in others, in some specific ways Um, with the talking stick circle, things like that, where we, you know, maybe a mediator is present to help, or we just bring it to the community and talk about it. Uh, But in the end, the main goal is that we are all healing humans that are involved in the community. We're all under the mindset that we are all on the same page. We're all on the same team. And I feel like when you are healing, because we don't ever stop healing. Right. And when you're learning, because you know, if you're open-minded and you're going through this, we don't ever stop learning either that we are able to come together on different viewpoints and come up with solutions that are workable and win-win-win scenarios for everyone. The if I I'll jump in on the the nonviolent communication because I've been I've been studying that book as well. I think Kyle, you and I have talked about this before too. And I think Allie, like to me, it's like the ultimate distillation of the most basic need to make I think an organization work, which is still still doesn't mean it's gonna work, but like the best shot at it is like what you said. It's like, if we just, if we boil it down to a way of interacting that is empathetic to the other person versus just to ourselves, but, but also to ourselves, you know, which is the whole Rosenberg method in a sense, you know, which I love, like, you know, just for example, I was, I've been mentioning this at the hospital, you know, and just sort of loosely, like as a cultural thing, you know, could as a grassroots thing, just as like a thought experiment, could we, actually come together and, and sort of like have the intention of, of communicating, if nothing else, even though we'll, we're going to disagree on the Republican and then this and that, you know, fine, you know, whatever. I still think you're cool. I still love you. But can we discuss this in a way that uh, seeks to find a win-win at the end of it? And, the, you know, one way of doing that is to, is to understand what I need as a person. I need to be heard or whatever the situation is. I think, oh, wow, they need to be heard too. And they've got their own thing they're trying to deal with. Oh my goodness. And then make these asks of of each other back and forth, ask, 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 which is a modification of Rosenberg by this awesome emergency doc, um, Scott Weingart, who, who took some of this and and crafted into a more user-friendly version, which is out there as well for people to check out. But I just, I've been thinking about this so much lately in so many organizations, including the ones I'm directly involved in. And it's like, how the heck do we get to the point where we can actually sustain this? And, and it's probably, as you said, through a more effective way of communicating than we're used to. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that in the emergency room, 
in the, you know, in the ER is a great place where you need a lot of communication. And I think if you could get that into hospitals, that could be, you know, that could be the difference between a, a beautiful environment and a really toxic one. Well, and so many, you know, the, the emergency department, the hospital in general are kind of this funky microcosm of society as a whole, as you know, as you were originally saying, and, you know, it's exactly, it's exactly right. Like this conversation between myself and a consultant, it, it so often, because we sort of use as Rosenberg, you know, using his terminology, we have these violent ish communication techniques, which are, that's just how we talk in America, you know, it's just normal, you know, and it's like if we take violent and aggressive and, and maybe those are the wrong words because they kind of like, I don't know, sometimes trigger people, but like whatever words you want to apply, the style that we speak in, if we turn that into a more like mutually empathetic communication tactic, it's just more effective. <laughs> you know, you just, you get to win wins better, more likely than you do if you don't do that. So even if it's just as a pragmatic lesson and method, it's, it's worthwhile considering. Absolutely. I love that. How do you, that would be tough. I think in an emergency room setting too, right? It's like people shouting, like, we got to do this or this person could die. Right. I don't well, even know I mean, what it is. Yeah. Scalpel. You, no, that's <laughs> true. And if you, if you take it to, yeah, almost like a filmic or sort of cliche level, it, that is how it is, you know, quite often it's not that way, but it, you almost expect that some of your interactions in a given day are probably going to be a little bit on the toxic side because we speak to each other naturally like our, our our the way we've been trained to speak to each other medically and globally well and it's an emergency a lot of times too you know right then the, then the stress that's what you know then the stress and the emotion and you know everything gets compounded there you know it's life and death and people and families and yelling and you know everyone is speaking to us not violently in a sense aggressively because they're suffering and they're freaked out and you know their parents or loved ones are you know in a bad state so yeah you you come to expect almost sadly that it, you are going to encounter toxic encounters um, communication in, in a hospital setting. And again, it goes to the idea like, man, if we could just nudge that to neutral to slightly positive from a regularly occurring negative, and this would go, this would be true of all, all our interactions and all our networks. What a dramatic change in, in effectiveness of like living we could accomplish again, just on a practical basis. Right. And, you know, you touch on something really important there, I think, is in the hospital, how all of this is compounded. And really, it just boils down to fear, right? Mm -hmm. Like when we are in fear, we, we act aggressively and violently. It's our primal center of all life. Um, you know, since we were cave people, you know, that's how we, we act when we're in fear. Um, and it's been ingrained in, in us that when we're in fear, fight or flight kicks in. This is how you react. And it's being able, that's why I think it's important that we're all on some level mentally healing because when you are dealing with fear to that magnitude in the emergency room, your whole primal center of your brain takes over. So -hmm. if you're able to like center yourself and be like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) let me take a step back. Let me get out of my own body. Let me come yeah. back to what's real in this moment and not my fear and not lead with my fear. And so in right. community, that's the same thing. The only time there's conflict really in community is when someone is fearful, fearful that they're not going to be heard, fearful of finances, fearful of their livelihood is being tested in some way. That's when the conflict kicks in. So if, if we're able to get to a place where we're able to really stop and take a step outside of our bodies and come from a bird, both of us come from a bird's eye view perspective of the situation and the scenario, see both sides as if we're in those shoes, then we're able to really, I think, create beautiful relationships. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's even with strangers because we can, we're in relationship all the time when we pass anybody on the street and we look them in their, their eye, we've become in a, in a symbiotic relationship kind of. And Mm -hmm. so if we're able to do that across the globe, that's, that's a great way to raise the vibration on the planet, (laughs) not to get all Uh, hippy-dippy. No, but I mean, right. Even, uh, even if you don't get hippy-dippy, I mean, absolutely. I personally agree completely. 
and staying away from the hippy dippy again it's like you're you're we're gaining a state where there's just more beneficial things happening because people seek these win-win situations when you when you use that type of metho- methodology that you just described compared to a lose-lose or maybe maybe it's occasionally a win-lose that's still a lose you're right you know probably yeah you know and net over time yeah. that's probably still a lose so you know, win-win is the only thing that propels us forward. And it's, it's like, where, how do we come? And most of that comes down to how we communicate. I mean, it's exactly as we've been saying here. And so absolutely, like it's, it's an exciting tool to be able to implement that in society and see where it goes. Uh, you know, and we, you can do it by encouraging it on a small scale within the organization that you guys are, are founding and try it out and see how it goes and tweak it and, you know, modify it over time. And then, like you said, spread that concept around as a holistic experience of not just compassionate communication, but all the living that goes around, you know, buzzing and circling and, and holding it. You, you also need to try that in the emergency room though, Tony, because if you can get that down in the emergency room, like with the, the level of stress there, like, I feel like, oh my gosh, yeah, nobody else has an excuse. Yeah. I have, there's a couple of people, you know, that are powerful. Yeah. And there's a couple of people, you know, like we just had these loose conversations and, um, you know, I've had this conversation with Maria and, and others in there and it's like, you know, it, again, just a cultural thing. We're not asking for anything fancy or crazy here. It's just like, when we communicate, let's try to use these tactics. It's not, it's not going to harm anything. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, it won't make things worse. <laughs> so, and, you know, not that it's like a, a toxic, crazy place, but, you know, it, it always, like we've been saying, has a propensity, like any kind of closed, crazy, intense system to devolve into toxicity. So where, where we can prevent that by how we talk to each other, by using these practical techniques, let's try it. See what happens. I don't know. Right on. Well, you are listening to 91.9 WDRT Radio Free Space Viroqua. And this is the Conscious Bro Show. We're talking to Allie Schaefer and we're talking about community and this awesome community that she's raising money for and building and living in Indiana right now. Where Where is that in Indiana, by the way? I am in, uh, so the, the property will be around Danville, Indiana. Okay. And I am currently just west of Indianapolis, Indiana. By the way, I f- uh, remember the fourth agreement. It's be impeccable with your word. That's what it is. Impeccable with your word. I knew it was something about words. I mean, truth. I said speaking your truth, but yeah. No, I got you. It's the same thing. Um, I wanted to ask you, and this could be even a question for both, but um, I hear lots of, you know, I guess people like us, right? We're trying to like create a better world. We want to create communities. That's usually a huge part of it. I hear so many ideas, but that action, that putting it in the action part is so tough. It's so hard. I don't know why. I guess it's just because that's when the rubber meets the road, right? That's when all the fluff turns into like reality. Like you actually have to do this and this costs money and this is going to take work and people can't do the work because they got like kids and jobs and, or they don't want to, you know, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how do you guys, how does that happen? How do you take an idea and actually like make it real? Like Mm -hmm. really, like really like work and make it real. Do you have experience doing that? I'm sure you do. Right. Um, and how do you plan on doing that? Yeah, I, um, it's a fantastic question, especially because I'm not going to lie right now. I'm kind of struggling with that in my life is, um, I do have all of these ideas and, um, you know, I've implemented them and it feels like a lot of people love the vision and love the idea of this community. I mean, how many times have we heard, let's go start a commune, let's go start a commune together. Um, But when it comes to the work, everybody kind of disappears and you can't do it alone. Like community work (laughs) can't be done with only one person. And it's hard. That's a lot of work. Um, it is a lot of work and you're right. There are sacrifices and, and, and kids and jobs and all of these things we're all juggling already. And so, you know, when shit gets hard, when you're in the middle of a project, for instance, it's kind of hard to stick it in there, a stick in there. And so I am, um, I don't know that I have the answer for you because I am 
dealing with this literally in my own personal life is that, you know, I have this great vision and it's implemented. It's been put out there, but it's the, you know, all the plans I had that I thought were going to take off, you know, that last month we had, that was just crazy energetically. A lot of people fizzled out and, you know, it's okay. I get to pivot and, you know, now come up with new solutions and new things, but uh, doing it alone has been, it has been difficult. So, you know, when you have an idea, there is the implementation, the, the action steps, but I'm finding if you don't really have a, a team and strong enough, isn't the right word. Cause we can be strong people and things don't work out, but uh, without a team really championing it, championing, championing it and being so motivated that it's like a committed or else, you know, like committed, whatever it takes. Yeah. That's hard to find. And, um, I don't think it's easy to come by and I'm one of those people. And so when I'm not met with that same energy, sometimes it can be difficult and I have to check myself and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, where's the showing up in your life? And like, how do Mm -hmm. we remedy this and how do we move forward? Uh, cause it can feel very isolating. It can feel uh, like you're stuck sometimes, like you're in this like mud pit and, or quicksand and can't get out. Um, so, you know, those action steps are where the vision is created and comes together. And if you don't have a team to do all those things with you, I I'm finding if, if it's community work, at least, you know, like in my own life, I became, I wanted to be a naturopath and I became a naturopath. I didn't need anyone else to make that happen. I did it all on my own. Um, everything that's been personal in my life, I, that's the venture, that's the path I've taken. But when it comes to community work, there's just no way that I can start a community on my own because literally in its own essence community means lots of people yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's it's not just know. one so yeah right. that's a good question and i don't know that i have the answer for other people but for me is you know a lot of uh deep breaths and recentering and and trying to think of what i can do next what can i do now with the resources i have now um how do i move forward with the knowledge i have right now with the people i have right now um And yeah, just let it kind of take shape that way and not being afraid to like course correct or pivot when I need to. Right. That's really all I got. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that's wow. That was very beautiful sharing. For sure. For me, like, I feel like you got to have a core group of people, at least that it's really, really important to, I would say preferably at least three people that are willing to like really strongly commit and to be in this for a long haul, right? Like maybe even your whole life <laughs> working towards it constantly, 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 constantly. And then, you know, people will come and take part and fall away. But as long as you have at least, I like, I like at least four. three people and willing to just do it no matter what it takes. There, there's such a perseverance aspect. Like there, you're going to, there's going to be so many problems and challenges along the way. And it's just got to be really, really important to you to, to keep going, to keep going. And then just small, like simple steps, achievable things over time. That's what I think. What do you got, Tony? What do you think? I I think, yeah, I mean, I'm so right on board with both the, both of the sort of outlines that you get, you gave. I mean, I, I think you're just right. It's like, you have to, if you're going to take a vision and turn it into something, you know, the, the cliche quote from Dr. or from General Bradley, <laughs> the amateurs talk strategy and professionals talk about logistics. And, you know, we were just talking about this before we went on air about how we, you know, we have all these ideas, but then like the follow through and yet the ideas are, you know, <laughs> they're so good. We get attached to the ideas. And so it's a good lesson in, I think you were saying this too, like it's it's basically like a lesson in being unattached to any like specific, Mm. like set of steps that you thought were going to need to be in place um, and being able to pivot and without deploying like a crazy wicked ton of resources at that, 
you know, wherever you can. So that like Kyle, you were saying, you know, it's like these little small wins that you can achieve and course correction and seeing where, you know, the sort of market forces or, you know, the energy of whatever you're doing flows. And then when you start flowing in that way, just grab on that baby and, you know, get those core people who can be committed founders to see it through to the, you know, the freaking end, you know, who are, have more hustle than you do in it and, you know, start kicking some butt in that way. But, you know, in, until all those like little cogs kind of line up, you know, you just sort of, you got to kind of just cruise along and like dabble and explore a little bit until you hit on that zeitgeist thing or whatever. And then you just, and then when you find that, you just freaking all in, you just what? dive like crazy, deploy all resources possible. You know, if you have the right team, you know, once you, know, you I'll say, right team. I, I want to say one other thing too. It's important to understand the energetics of the flow of it too. Cause sometimes like, it's like just not the right time mm-hmm. and like everything's working against you. And then maybe you need to like, think like, maybe like, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, maybe it's not supposed to be, but like when it is the right time mm-hmm. and there's other things you can do like to prepare for the right time or whatever, but when it is the right time, I don't know. You notice that it just kind of like happens, like people mm-hmm. jump in and I mean, you definitely have to work. I'm not going to take the work aspect away from it, but right. like, no, you're like right. I I did this like build. I was I was the head of this thing called Building Health for the Community, and it was over the winter. It was all like health practitioners talking about how to be healthy, you know, during the pandemic and stuff from all these different perspectives. And people just like it was just came together naturally. It was like something that like you could tell it was just something that wanted to be birthed. And I mean, it was work, but it was just like every people wanted to help, people wanted to speak it was just ready to be birthed. You know what I mean? So I think there's that aspect of it too. Something that's like, it's time has come. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to add to that, I think that finding that, that like sliver of flow energy, you know, just time space, just all the elements clicking in together, like, absolutely. Like, you know, if you start something and it's a year too early there, you know, that's a tragedy because it's going to fail and it should have succeeded, but you just didn't start at the right time. And, but the, the key to all of these little cogs kind of fitting in and that energy churning to create something that endures and is worthy and like just does good to the universe and the world and to humanity is being able to observe that little trickle of flow of the energy between the realities, you know, that you have to sort of find or however you look at things, you know, and dive into that and like literally forge a whole new reality because you have a thing that was ready to be deployed during that little opening portal into the new potentiality of the world or whatever. Right. And it's like, if we're too set and this goes for me, especially like if I'm too set and it's gotta be this way. And this is, you know, all this kind of compulsion almost about how something should be. I don't see that little sliver of energy over here, you know, because I'm, I'm distracted by my busy mind and I should have been more, like you said, you know, ready to kind of retool and reapproach and re-energize and rebirth, regenerate what you've already started into, into the phase it should be next. That's beautiful. Yeah. Both points. Yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that in all aspects too, because it's easy to get like defeated and like, oh shit, maybe this is just a complete failure, a complete Mm -hmm. flop. Um, But yeah, when, when it's right, it's right. And you know, it's right because it all flows. And so I think it's important in those moments when it isn't flowing correctly Mm -hmm. to also not necessarily just give up, but be willing to like ride the, the tide a little bit and ride Mm -hmm. the waves and and see where things are going to play out because maybe the universe just has a little bit of a different plan. And if we're Mm -hmm. just squeezing on so tight, white knuckling this plan that I have, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it, it, it can't come to fruition because there's a, there's a disconnect. There's a, there's an unbalance there. It's not in homeostasis with each other. And so it's, it's cool to, to think about that how when it, it does flow, it flows and, and there's no issue. And, you know, I think with this whole, you know, the gas prices skyrocketing and just all groceries going up in price and, you know, the truckers not having stuff to put on their trucks. I think that it, it becomes scary for a lot of people. And then that, that whole fear plays in, you know, when should I be giving money to this? If I have to, 
choose between lights and lasagna tonight. You know what I mean? Like, mm. so I, I get it. We're in a, a scary time. Um, but to me, the, there's no better time for community than right now. It's just how do we get from here to there and help people see, you know, for themselves that the way to survive this is growing our own food is having our own resources and our own, our own things that we have near so that we can get by with nothing if we have to. Right. And then you end up having everything. I mean, it's like the abundance that is <laughs> right? around us, you know, is just unbelievable. Right. How much abundance is around us as far as calories and water and soul nurturing situations and community and the potentiality of all of that. And yet, you know, we're, we're afraid of not having enough, you know, and then it, it tears us apart and makes us do these crazy things where if we can show people in a blissful way that this community over here and this community over here and this, this region over here, they are respectfully just decentralizing control of all of their systems and they're taking mm-hmm. care of themselves. They probably have enough to export because we have way too many parsnips here. Let me tell you. And parsnips are pure sugar. <laughs> you know, what can you do with a carbohydrate? I mean, fuel. Anyway, we could go on about that. But, you know, point is, point is, if we start to have decentralized control of our own necessary sustainable systems, then we show that to the world, like you said, and then we grow that everywhere. And regardless of your politics or your this or that, we can all agree that it sure is nice being, be, being able to have essentially limitless energy as far as calories and energy. And it's like, what's, who's going to protest that? And if we all have more than we need, we do abate exactly what you said. We start to abate fear and then we have a better civilization. It's certainly more stable. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you have like different, self-sustaining systems like different yeah. nodal points that are less yeah, centralized no, it's, it's like another leg under the table you know it's just so like, beautiful right what how what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that the only the only people who are against decentralization are the centralizers <laughs> who skim off you know profits and energy and power from the centralization process the convenience of being centralized which is fine you know no no disrespect to them but going forward that is oh. not going to serve us it will fail us we will not survive mm-hmm. if we don't decentralize yes and and survival for us isn't just going to be survival i think from the vibe from your operation as well it's not just survival but it's thriving, you know, it's thrivability, like thriving as well, because we have what we need. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's the dream. I mean, really, that's the dream. Mm -hmm. Well, you're listening to 91.9 WDRT, Radio Free Space Viroqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. We're here talking to Ali Schaefer, and we're talking about building her dream, all of our dreams which is a intentional community with that's off the grid. And it has, uh, well, maybe we should talk about, um, you know, some of the stuff that you have in the community. You got the church, the house, the school, the village, about how much time do you, are you allotting for all this stuff to get created? Allie? You know, as long as it takes, I guess, (laughs) Um, you know, if this ends up not being the property, I'm, I'm open. I'm open. I mean, this is just the dream where it ends up isn't as important as if it happens for me. This just happened to fall in our lap kind of beautifully. Um, That all did line up really well. Uh, It's just the finances part that's taking a little longer than expected. And, you know, again, with the way the world has shifted in just the last couple few months with the fear around our, our most basic needs, our feet, our food and the ability to get to work, you know, when gas is, almost $6 a gallon here in Indianapolis. It's estimated to be up to $6 by the end of this month. Um, You know, people get afraid and I understand. I get it. Uh, However, yeah, there's the church, the interfaith church. Um, So I am no specific religion myself. I grew up Catholic was, I'm a recovering Catholic now I call it. Um, but so it was really important to me to find a church where everybody could 
kind of come together and, and learn about different ideals and different philosophies and theologies and religions together in a really cool way. It's kind of like the Unitarian Universalist approach. However, we are going a little bit deeper within each religious sect. Um, I've attended, and maybe not all Unitarian Universalist churches are like this, but I've attended a, a couple um, and they seem to be, they're great. Uh, however, I don't find that they are doing a lot of digging. And I think that history part is just fascinating. I love it. Like how we've, like, for instance, how they took all the books of the, not all of the books of the Bible, but how they took a pretty big chunk of the Bible out of it. And we don't talk about it. We don't talk about what those books are, or like how they connect us to our power and our inner God. And I just think all of that's beautiful. And I don't find any place that is teaching that kind of stuff. And um, so I am a shamanic priestess, as I said. So like a big part of what I do in my work is uh, ceremony and ritual. Um, I am an ordained minister too. So I do a lot of um, like bringing the dead home and doing ceremonies at home. Um, you know, rites of passage, kind of those ancient traditions that we've lost, that kind of bringing those back. And uh, Kyle, you had mentioned doing a couple of uh, the ceremonies I did when I, you were at Sage Valley and yeah, that ancestor one is a huge piece of the work I do, uh, kind of mending these gaps between our ancestral heritage heritages and bringing it all together, making amends where necessary, all of that kind of beautiful stuff. Um, and so that's kind of the church piece and it, the, all the rest kind of is under that umbrella. Um, I think sometimes when you're in this side of things, you hear the word church and people are like, whoa, whoa, wait, back up. Um, but this is not your grandma's church. <laughs> so we won't be doing, you know, a lot of that kind of. So it's a, that, like, it's a uh, mixture. It's a mixture of, uh, so you're an ordained minister in Christianity? No, I'm an ordained minister in um, minister I'll in ministry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being asked to help put on clothing. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, <laughs> I was just trying to get clear. So, so um, this is kind of like coming from uh, a lot of different like faiths intersecting together, basically. Yep. Exactly. You got uh-huh. it. All if if all the religions were just one. Okay. Yeah. Um, omnism oh. is technically it's omnism. O m n i s m. Yeah, I gotcha. I've, I've never heard that before, but I like it. Um, Okay, and then yeah, you, cool. you're, you're also going to create and, a school? Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so there's a school. There already is. The school piece is already a part of it. Um, as far as, like, that is already up and running. My kids go Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, it's kind of like an unschooling approach, or excuse me, a self-directed learning approach. So children are learning based on their own individual needs and wants. Uh, there's no, like, really set-based curriculum, like reading, writing, arithmetic, that we're like, quote unquote, beating into their heads every day. It's more like, these are the activities we offer. These are the lessons we offer. And the children kind of like engage on their own level. And in this model, they're able to kind of sift out. um, They're kind of able to hone in on like their own personal journey a little bit more. um, And it doesn't create as much trauma as like the current paradigm of competitive grades and classes and this rigorous 7 30 in the morning to 4 p.m day that students are are kind of currently in uh in these buildings where they're not able to get outside into fresh air so it's kind of like if you uh had a school where you the curriculum was offered and the kids could choose whether or not to utilize it It's kind of an interesting approach, but it's called self-directed learning. Uh, So that is already a school over in Danville. And the the plan is once we find, once we move into the, onto the land, the barn that's there now, it's 3,600 square feet, will be turned into this space. And um, as of right now, the school is at max capacity at 40 kids. Wow. Um, And it draws in a pretty decent amount of money through that. Uh, And we would be able to triple that number. From when Pretty to when, like how old, from what age to what age? From one to 18. Cool. And then yeah. uh, so how many teachers? So these are people that are homeschooling anyway. It just gives their children a place 
to socialize, to be engaged in a different way than they can be at home. Um, If you talk to any home educator, they're usually a little overwhelmed. And so this is kind of a way to do school in community together. So we all take turns teaching different lessons based on our own, our own personal knowledge. We do have several actual quote unquote teachers involved who, you know, went to school to be teachers that homeschool their own children. Mm. Um, But like when I teach, I, you know, I teach different philosophies or I have a few classes on holistic medicine and things like that. Um, Foraging for your own medicine, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, that's the school. And it's been really cool to watch my own children in that environment where you're not because I did do the the traditional homeschool route for a really long time where we had curriculum and we had to sit down at this time of day. And it was very stressful because you're asking kids to do things they don't want to do. And in this model, they, they choose it. And it's really cool to watch them choose it on their own because mm. people don't think that they're capable and they completely are. It's been really cool. That's cool. Awesome. And then uh, there's a holistic healing center. That's part of this too, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, So the Holistic Healing Center is kind of just like really the heart, I guess you could say. It's like the, I do retreats already. And so I do retreats on all different kinds of things. Uh, Healing for couples, um, women's empowerment, um, men's healing as well. I don't do those, but we invite men to do those. Kids, youth camps things like that. And so the idea is that it's just a holistic retreat center that offers retreats in all different phases of the human experience and is able to really help heal those different pieces that we have taken from us by society, just as we go along in this current society that we are in. And, um, then we also have holistic practitioners that practice out of the building during the day. Um, so I do have my own holistic practice, I opened that in 2017. Um, And so that was like a, that is like a holistic hub where other, many other different holistic practitioners come and serve, whether that's, you know, herbalism or massage therapy or chiropractic care or things of that nature. Um, And so it's kind of just like a hub like that, if you will, during the day. And then the retreats are on the weekends and things like that. So the model that I have um, does have multiple different streams of income to help sustain the community that lives there. And so, you know, we're not really trying to strike it rich necessarily. We just are wanting to have the businesses sustain the community. And as it is right now, um, with the money that the retreats pull in already, and the school, we're able to, to do that. It's just getting the property that's the, that's the hiccup. That's so the, it would be sustained the, by the school and the, the healing center would kind of be yeah, the plan for as of right now, those numbers will sustain it once that's we awesome. acquire it. Yeah. And then there'll awesome. be, and then we will all, uh, that's the plan. That's why we're raising money is because we want to purchase the land in cash so that we are not attached to any loans so that once it's time to build our own homes, we, we have the, the leeway to do so, whether that's, you know, with a loan that we have to get from the bank, unfortunately, or, um, you know, building, you know, buying our own materials and building our own structures and things like that. And then the village will be on the, the land too, right? You'll have a place. For yeah. So boat. everything I just explained as it is right now is on the front five acres. And then there's 23 acres in the back that's over the Creek and through the woods. It's kind of cool. Uh, Cause it's completely separate from the, the upfront businesses, like really, if you're not going home, you're not even needing to go back there at all. That's kind of cool how it, the, this particular land is set up. And that's kind of why I've been so committed to making it happen at this location, just because of how well, it, you know, I've toured a lot of properties, seen a lot of spaces, um, and it's really just set up perfectly for something like this. And I've had this dream since 2014. It started in Belize. I had 63 acres there that I did have acquired. But at, when it came time to pull the trigger and have a team of people to go, nobody was willing to travel. And I get it. You know, the infrastructure isn't as good 
down there. You know, we say mm-hmm. we want to be off grid, but do we want right. to be that off grid? That's <laughs> tough. <laughs> it's kind of scary. So, wow. you know, I've been working on this for a really long time and uh, I'm just calling in the right team to make it happen. And, um, you know, once we are there, I know people are going to be ready. I, you know, they've told me that once we can get the money and get the land they're in, it's just this part that, you know, they're not as keen and gung-ho on and getting it, which I get, it's a big commitment. It's been a lot of work, very taxing, um, very, uh, question, like you're questioning yourself every day. Is this Mm -hmm. the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Um, but in the end, I really feel called and pulled to this in my heart. And again, like I said, if this isn't the land, that's all right. I'm, I know that it's out there. It's just right attitude. the journey that it's taking to find it has been a fun one. <laughs> right. What do you to say the least? What do you, how much more do you need? Do you want to talk about um, your... currently we need 900,000, 900,000. Okay. Yeah. We're not very far into our fundraising efforts. We had to put a pause on things at one point because of banking and oh gosh, banks and all of that kind of stuff. And so we've been, we had a little bit of a hiccup, but, and then of course that month that we all just got out of that seemed to really take its toll on the collective energy, just in general. Mm, Right, right, right. I've heard a lot of reports, not only myself, but other people just did not feel right. And with that last retrograde, it was interesting. I don't usually Mm. put a lot of stock into that, all of that, um, yeah, you know, was, like my knee went I out. Like I couldn't walk control, for like three know. weeks during that. <laughs> really? Yeah, like I, it swole See, up. That's good to know because it makes me feel less crazy. Because I yeah. literally was like, just not. I just really was in the state of fight or flight, and I couldn't shake it. And I'm that's not like me. I'm usually very grounded and go with the flow and easygoing. And there was just this fight or flight. I couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from, and. Yeah. Uh, that's when I lost, I lost half my team. Then I'm being honest. This is like the f- most candid I've been on camera. Um, yeah. just because it was so intense and it's been mm. hard to rally the troops up again, but, right. um, you know, there's, there's a, I really do believe there's a reason for everything, no matter how well, distills. It, it sounds like, there's, you know, Mercury retrograde distills. You, you really find who's really in it. You know what I mean? Like when I, that's what I think. Yeah with the i think tumultuous energy of the last number of weeks i think i think that was yeah like that was like a global thing whatever the cause like it's probably multifactorial but it i think it probably was there and it disrupted a lot of our deal right but then that's also like you were just saying i mean it is a potentially a positive just just in the sense of like okay a pause and a re, a breathing a clearing of all assumptions and attachments to ideas for a moment, like we were saying, you know, earlier, and then, you know, then a reanalysis and a revisioning of, of the next steps forward with yourself and then your team. And then maybe there's some new people that come into that energy. Yeah. So that's at least the potential of it. That's what I'm holding space for. That's the, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm speaking. Yeah. Ali, do you, uh, so what does the landowner think of this? I mean, is there other people trying to get this? Do you feel like you have opportunity for a while or is it going to be fleeting or what? That's a, so in the beginning they did, um, so they were on board. They were like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Um, and then our bank issue happened right at the beginning of Mercury retrograde. And I think they got a little nervous, which I t- completely understand. So they did go ahead and list it, but it's not getting as much traction as, as you would think, um, which is interesting, everything around here is like pending immediately. And mm-hmm. it's been out now for 28 days and it's not got much traction at all. And so it is, it has been listed, um, which does, I think, bring another level of difficulty because people Emergency. are less, you know, they're less likely to want to, want to invest if they feel like someone else is in competition for it. Um, and so when they originally accepted our offer, um, which is quite a few hundred thousand less than they listed it for, which is great because we still have our deal still stands. It's just about when we can get them the money. So in the end, um, 
the opportunity, I wouldn't say it's fleeting, but I would say there is a level of urgency there. Um, I've been, you know, I've reached out to a few investors to try to get such some meetings with them. Cause I feel like if I could just get in front of some like-minded investors, I'd be able to really help sh- show our vision. And then, you know, they could build for free and do whatever I don't, whatever the investment we worked out would be as far as like what they got back. But, you know, I know it, they've done such a good job of teaching us that, that's a lot of money and it is, but when you think of how many billions of dollars are out there, it's not that much money. And I know that we could, we could do it if we came together. It's just finding those people who really believe in the vision enough to, you know, can. Well, you have a, is, Cause I don't have it. Well, you have a fundraiser, right? Right now yeah. that ends in a certain amount of days, right? Um, no, it's open perpetually oh, until we get is. the land. Yeah. Okay, cool. How, where would they go to find the fundraiser? Yeah, that's a rallyup.com backslash VIS. And I can, I don't know if you've got like a space, I can type that out later. Um, but yeah. And so I, I set it up through rally up because there's different ways where like I can give people things back. So like, for instance, if they wanted six weeks of naturopathy, one-on-one consultations or something like that. So they're investing. They're not just giving money. So there, there's always a perk for them. So there's like opportunity to have a night in the, have a night out for the retreat or things like that. Um, So that I thought that that would be a good way to help pull people in that if they were investing in something as opposed to just, feeling like they were throwing their money at something. Mm. Um, so that's why I chose rally up as opposed to like GoFundMe. They also don't take a lot of the money. They have an option for people to tip as opposed to taking, I think like 2.3% of each transaction, um, which mm. I think is kind of cool. Um, and then um, through there too, they're able to just donate outright. Of course, if they, if, if they so choose or so wish. And there is a way to, there's like a bar that shows how close we are to the goal and all of that. Would people get their money back if you didn't hit the goal or how does that work? Of course. Yeah. So if, if people didn't want to continue their money on to the next land, cause we're going to find it eventually, mm-hmm. um, then they would get their money back. Of course. Okay. Of well, course. yeah, I hope, I hope any of you listening, if you feel inspired by this, that you would, donate to Ali. I think it's a great cause. Like the way I was just got this picture kind of, we were talking about things coming to fruition and when they don't happen, a lot of times that could just be the roots kind of digging Mm. deeper. You know what I mean? Just because you don't see the plant sprouting out, you know, sometimes through the human connections and then just through life, you just got to dig the roots. And even it just, because you're not seeing the outside results, you're really getting more grounded and more foundation under this thing. Wow. Thanks Kyle. I appreciate that. Yeah. And like, if we look at, like you brought it up, like we're, we noticed that the society's kind of fallen apart. I think most people can see that. I mean, just, we look at the leadership in our government. <laughs> it's, it's been that way for a long time, but it's just, we can kind of see that, like, it doesn't seem like these people are supposed to be leading us. Gas is going up. It, these billionaires, I mean, if you ever look at the, world economic form or whatever these billionaires have these really creepy plans for the world you know chips and brains and just like connecting us Mm. to the internet and like surveilling inside of our bodies and like Mm. just real creepy stuff so it's like what do we do now like where do we go like well i think we need to this is kind of why i like some of the libertarian stuff it's just like we need to like maybe get away from the centralization from a nation wide standpoint get away from centralization even in a statewide state why don't we come together in a community Mm -hmm. and then like figure out how we want to live like in a microcosm how what and a lot of people need to be doing this and we should be giving our money and our resources to the people that have took the initiative to do this and let's just find out what works you know let's like let's fund your thing ali let's fund your thing tony and let's fun people and let's just see how they do and if we get one working really well and people can move there and join it or maybe we could like i don't know create a template and start it somewhere else 
And that's the ultimate just- goal with villages and sanctuary. That is, that's the ultimate goal is that once this is up and running, that we create the blueprints for other people to make it happen. And then we are networks for each other and we're like hubs. And yes. so like, oh, I've got eggs and mm-hmm. radishes. <laughs> You've got greens and milk. Let's trade. And so then we, you know, we completely cut out <laughs> Mm-hmm. the middleman and we're just doing it ourselves that's the yeah. ultimate dream i mean that's the that's the top level dream right is that we're we're catalyzing this thought process this type of society within a society so that we can help feed each other so that we can help resource and utilize each other and not necessarily have to depend on others for our most basic primal needs right all right. I love it. Well, we should probably close. Any final words, Sally? I am just so grateful to be here. I'm so honored that you were able to hear my vision and, and get it so clearly and that there's other people out there that have this, these ideas and that believe in this, but more importantly, um, that men are, are backing this and that they can see the importance and the necessity for something as important as this. I think it's really cool. I think what you guys are doing is really cool. I think who you are really cool. And I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so much. We're honored to have you. So make sure you check out villages and sanctuary.com and check out Allie's awesome vision. And where do they go to donate to you one more time? Rallyup.com backslash V I S. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allie, for coming on. You are listening to 91.9 WDRT, Radio Free Space, Roqua, and this is the Conscious Bro Show. This is Conscious Bro out.